When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Wednesday, June 29th, and this is People Every Day. Hello again, everyone. It's me, Janine Rubenstein, here with you on this lovely Wednesday. I don't know about you, but I am already looking forward to the long holiday weekend. We've got a great show planned for you today where we preview our cover story with one of my favorite country singers, Miranda Lambert. And we have an exclusive sit-down interview with Jim Obergefell, the man whose civil rights case made its way to the Supreme Court and legalized gay marriage back in 2015. In the wake of Roe v. Wade's reversal, we hear about his landmark case and what fears he has now about marriage equality being overturned. But first, let's get into what's swirling around my newsfeed. We begin with the news that Blink-182 rocker Travis Barker is in the hospital. While the details are currently few and far between right now, we do know that new wife Kourtney Kardashian is by his side at L.A.'s Cedars-Sinai Medical Center as I speak. News outlets released a photo of Barker getting wheeled into the hospital on a stretcher yesterday, with Kourtney trailing closely behind. Now, a source tells People that Barker was, quote, complaining of cramps and that he's suffering from pancreatitis, which is inflammation of the pancreas. Some eagle-eyed fans took note of a tweet from Barker sent earlier yesterday, which read, God save me. Many social media users pointed out that this tweet is also the name of a song by his close friend, Machine Gun Kelly. Later on, there were even more social media clues to Sleuth. Uh, Barker's 16-year-old daughter, Alabama, asked her followers to please send your prayers in an Instagram story shortly after her dad was reportedly taken to the hospital. People has not received comments from reps for either Barker or Kardashian at this time. Hopefully, everything is okay with Travis. He's already survived so much trauma in his young life and should be enjoying these happy newlywed days. So just wishing him the best, and we will definitely keep you posted on this eerie story as it continues to unfold. And now, on to a story that just broke a few hours ago. R. Kelly was sentenced to 30 years behind bars. The R&B superstar was found guilty of using his fame and influence to subject young fans, many just children, to systemic sexual abuse. Kelly was convicted of racketeering and sex trafficking just last year. Allegations and rumors of his abuse of young girls began circulating back in the 1990s, but public outcry didn't reach a fever pitch until the Me Too movement and the release of the docuseries Surviving R. Kelly. U.S. District Judge Ann Donnelly imposed the sentence after hearing from several survivors who attested to how Kelly's exploitation impacted their entire lives. One unnamed survivor directly addressed the singer-songwriter, saying, quote, You made me do things that broke my spirit. I literally wished I would die because of how low you made me feel. Do you remember that? Kelly did not address the court. I know this has been such a long road for so many of these victims and their families, and hopefully today's sentencing brings just some peace and solace. 
Moving on, Kate Middleton and Prince William have released a rare personal statement following the death of beloved BBC host Dame Deborah James. James passed away on Tuesday at age 40 following her battle with bowel cancer. James died following a years-long battle with bowel cancer after being first diagnosed in 2016 and a heartfelt announcement of James's death that was shared on her official Instagram page yesterday read in part, We are deeply saddened to announce the death of Dame Deborah James, the most amazing wife, daughter, sister, mummy. Deborah passed away peacefully today, surrounded by her family. Well, following the news of her death, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge tweeted out their condolences in a message that read, We are so sad to hear the heartbreaking news about Dame Deborah. Our thoughts are with her children, her family, and her loved ones. Deborah was an inspirational and unfalteringly brave woman whose legacy will live on. The message ended with, quote, W and C, indicating the message was sent personally by the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. It was just last month that Prince William visited James at her family home to present her with a damehood honor. After her diagnosis, Deborah James became a major advocate who raised charitable donations to raise awareness of the cancer that ultimately took her life. She is gone far too soon, and we extend our deepest condolences to her family. And now it's time to get into this week's cover star, Miranda Lambert. I just love me some Miranda Lambert. I swear I put the house that built me on almost every other weekend. (laughs) The country music queen is on the cover of this week's issue of People, and she's opening up to us a whole lot, you guys. She talks about her husband, her family, and the importance of having a work-life balance. Amen to that. I'm so excited to dive into everything she told us. So joining me now to do just that is the person who interviewed Miranda himself, People Staff Editor Jeff Nelson. Hey, Jeff. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Janine. So, one of my favorite parts of this interview was Miranda talking about prioritizing time for herself in the middle of jam-packed schedules. She's got her amazing music career, she's got her own restaurant, a fashion label, a charity, and now a home goods line at Walmart. (laughs) I'm exhausted just listing these things that she has going on. So, here's a little bit of what she told you, Jeff. I've gotten way better at doing that than I used to be when I was in my early 20s, just not even nothing, you know? And I've learned that I'm so much better friend, daughter, wife. I'm a better artist. I just am better at life when I give myself a little bit of a break. She is a very busy lady and she's gotten to a really good place in her life. She talked about, you know, how finding happiness and being at peace with yourself is a long journey, but she's gotten to a great place. And especially with as busy as she is with all the work stuff she's putting just as much effort into maintaining some normalcy. She told me that she is ready for a vacation. As soon as this tour wraps, she was like, first of July, I am out of here. She's taking her Airstream and her husband, and they are off for a month. (laughs) I love this, this one line she has. She said, when you get broken down pretty good, you look at the mirror and you go, I have to spend some time with me, learn who I am and what I want. But I want to talk about what she wants, who she wants, which is her husband that she can't keep her hands off of. We see the pictures. Miranda is married to Brendan McLaughlin, a retired NYPD officer, and they seem happier than ever, right? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I spoke to Miranda's mom about this, and she had nothing but good things to say. <laughs> I mean, you can just tell that she's in a good place, and she's so happy. She, she told me that she likes to share how happy they are. She wants people to know how happy she is. And he is a retired NYPD officer. That's what he was doing when they met. And he jumped into her lifestyle, moved to Nashville with her. He's on tour with her. One of the sweetest things I thought was, she was just talking about how it's nice to have a partner, someone by your side that supports you, loves you, believes in you. And she said, he loves me for me. And isn't that what we all want? I know. And it's so great to hear because in the moment, people are like, oh, wow, you know, an NYPD officer, he he really hit it big marrying Miranda Lambert. Yes. Like you said, there was some, maybe a bit of eye rolling, some skepticism when they got together. We found out they got married when they were married, but here we Mm -hmm. are three years later. And they're, yeah, they're stronger than ever. He was at the shoot. And I will say he is as beautiful of a man as he looks like on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> love yeah, it. I love talking to her about that because, I mean, he he is a good-looking man. He gets some thirsty comments on his Instagrams. I mean, I obviously Uh-oh. had to ask her <laughs> how she felt about that, and I got such a kick out of this. She was like, I tell him, if you got blessed with all of that, then don't rob the world. I'm a songwriter, so I put out music. You look like that, so you should have your photo taken. (laughs) Thank you, Miranda, for sharing him with us. Oh, my goodness. Yes, the shirtless cleaning videos are the best. Well, family is a huge part of Miranda's life as well, and she revealed to you that her mom, Beverly June Lambert, is cancer-free. She was diagnosed with breast cancer last September. How's her mom feeling today? She must be so relieved. I mean, she's been through a whole lot, but she's doing really well now. She's ready to roll. Miranda and her dad and her brother, they were all in Texas rallying around her mom, Beverly, throughout all of it. She was able to be there for for a lot of the chemo. Even if she if she had to be working or something, she would be FaceTiming her mom. Yeah, I mean, speaking with her mom, she said that Miranda was just as steady as a rock for her. They're already super close, but this experience, this ordeal just bonded them even more. And she said, this was almost brought tears to my eyes. She said that they had some unexpected bonding moments with Miranda rubbing her bald head with essential oils. And those were just the the most raw and tearful moments for them. Ah, beautiful, beautiful ending. Well, this is just such a great interview, Jeff. You can read more of his interview with Miranda on people.com and pick up a copy of the issue when it hits newsstands on Friday. And Jeff, thank you so much for stopping by to talk to me about my girl, Miranda. Thanks, Janine. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we have an exclusive interview with equality rights activist Jim Obergefell. He opens up about his husband's ALS diagnosis and how that set him on a path to the Supreme Court and how he feels in the wake of the Roe v. Wade news. But first, Parts and Rec alum turned action star Chris Pratt has been making some headlines lately. After the break, we get into his comments about his religious faith and why he apparently doesn't like being called Chris. We'll be right back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... 
That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are back and it's time to get into all of this Chris Pratt news, or should I just say Pratt? news. Chris Pratt has been one of the most popular actors over the past few years. This summer alone, he's starring in blockbuster films like Jurassic World, Dominion, and Thor, Love and Thunder. Pratt has often been joked about as being one of the big Chris's in Hollywood, alongside his Avengers castmates Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, all very attractive. And there has been some online debate circulating about which Chris is really the best, not only from looks to their work, but in a recent interview with SiriusXM's Pop Culture Spotlight with Jessica Shaw, it sounds like Pratt wants to withdraw his name from the top Chris contention. When asked what people usually call him, Pratt said, no one calls me Chris. In fact, he said usually friends call him CP or just Pratt. And further said of being called Chris, it feels weird. It's not my name. Don't call me Chris. <laughs> what? Everybody hates Chris? Well, all of this name talk made me think of that early scene in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie where we meet Pratt's Peter Quill for the first time. Hey, you know what? There's another name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. Who? <laughs> That's exactly how it felt hearing about the names he prefers to go by. But in other CP news, Pratt also opened up about his religious faith. Back in 2019, the actor was linked to the controversial Hillsong Church, which some argued is anti-LGBTQ+. At the time, he responded by saying that nothing could be further from the truth. And in a recent interview, the actor shared, I never went to Hillsong. I've never actually been to Hillsong. I don't know anyone from that church. He added that he sometimes attends the Zoe Church, as well as a Catholic church his wife, Catherine Schwarzenegger, grew up going to. Pratt seemed to sum up his thoughts on the matter by saying, quote, religion has been oppressive as F for a long time. And really, I'm not a religious person, but that he does have his faith. All I can say is, with the latest Jurassic World film in theaters now and the new Thor film debuting next week, I think C.P. Pratt, Star-Lord, whatever he wants to be called, is going to be feeling uh, very blessed in his bank account. Last week, the country, and actually really the world, was shocked by the reversal of Roe versus Wade. If you listen to this program, you know that we have covered more than a few angles on this story, and we need to keep speaking about it because there is a ripple effect that can take place that is very real. Justice Clarence Thomas spoke following the Roe v. Wade overturning and claimed the Supreme Court should, quote, reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. He states that these decisions were demonstrably erroneous. Those are his words. And we have a duty to, quote, correct the error. 
These are cases that protect use of contraceptives, same-sex relationships, and same-sex marriage. The statement sent a wave of fear through millions of Americans who are at risk of losing their current rights. And as rallies, marches, and protests are being organized, there are many looking for not only clarity, but also hope. Here with me today is someone who has fought the fight and literally changed history for the LGBTQ plus community, the husband and activist whose case made history for gay rights, Jim Obergefell. Welcome, Jim. Thanks, Janine. Well, for those that don't know, could you help us better understand your case and what you were fighting for? Absolutely. My partner, John, had been diagnosed with ALS. And in 2013, he started at-home hospice care. And we had been together more than 20 years at that point. And when the Supreme Court struck down the Defense of Marriage Act, I spontaneously proposed, that was June 26, 2013, with their decision in United States versus Windsor. And we made it happen. We lived in Ohio, which had its own state-level Defense of Marriage Act, but we made it happen. We wanted to say, I do. We wanted our relationship to exist in the eyes of the law. So we got married inside a chartered medical jet in Maryland on the tarmac of the Baltimore-Washington International Airport, and we flew home, back to Cincinnati. And that was all we wanted to do, just get married and have it mean something legally. But then we were introduced to a local civil rights attorney, Al Gerhardstein, and he explained that because of Ohio state-level Defense of Marriage Act, when John died, his last record as a person his last record as a citizen of the state of Ohio and the United States would be wrong because Ohio would ignore our lawful Maryland marriage and say that John was unmarried at the time he died and they would not list my name as his surviving spouse. Mm. And Al asked us if we wanted to do something about it. We talked about it and that is what caused us to launch our lawsuit against the state of Ohio and the city of Cincinnati to demand recognition of our marriage on John's death certificate. And that fight eventually took me to the Supreme Court of the United States, where, as you say, Janine, on June 26, 2015, they affirmed same-sex couples' right to marry. Wow. So what does Obergefell versus Hodges mean culturally in our country beyond the ability to marry? And, and how has it grown into an even bigger movement than that? You can't underestimate the importance of marriage and the ability to get married just from the, the ability to commit to that person, that one person you love and that you want to share your life with. And from there, it goes to family. People who choose to have a family, they want their kids to have the protection that comes along with having parents who are recognized as a married couple. Janine, I can't underestimate the importance and how meaningful it has been to me to have young people come up to me after I speak, wherever I happen to be. And because of what I represent, because of what I was part of, those young people, and I'm the first person they've ever told, in some cases, even themselves, they've come out to me and told me that they are queer. And they've done that because of the fight for marriage equality. Mm. And one really vitally important experience I had was a young woman at the University of Tennessee. She came up to me and said, Jim, I want you to know that if it weren't for Obergefell v. Hodges, I wouldn't be here today. That's what this means. It means life. It means affirmation. It means being able to commit to that person, form your family, and Hundreds of thousands of couples across our nation have done that. They have stood up in front of their family and friends and said, you're the person I choose. 
Ivy wed. They've made those commitments. And you know what? The world hasn't come to an end. Our marriages, our relationships, our families deserve to exist and deserve dignity and respect, just like any other marriage or family. So how are you feeling right now in the wake of what's happened with Roe v. Wade, in the wake of these comments from Justice Clarence Thomas? Tell me about the effect that, you know, this could have on you personally and this community that you've come to represent and grow. Well, you know, Janine, when I think about this from a personal point of view, I think about what happens to my ability to call myself my husband's widower and actually have that mean something, have that be a word, have that be a concept that my state, the state I call home, the state of Ohio and the United States of America, that they recognize and represent. That's a terrible thing for anyone to consider losing. It's not just the LGBTQ plus community who is being harmed by this recent decision. People who are pregnant should have the ability in privacy to make a decision about their own body in consultation with their medical professionals, with their loved ones. This is gross government overreach. This is such a terrible invasion of privacy. But then to read Justice Thomas's concurring opinion, putting the target on the back of the right to birth control, the right to not have intimate relations be criminalized, When he mentions Lawrence versus Texas, that's what he's talking about. He wants to make it okay for states to once again criminalize what consenting adults do in the privacy of their bedroom. That should terrify everyone. And then they want to take away marriage. Our Supreme Court is not supposed to take away rights. Our Supreme Court is supposed to affirm rights and expand rights, make sure that Equal justice under law applies to everyone in this nation and make sure that everyone is actually part of we the people. This decision makes it clear that this extreme part of the Supreme Court does not consider women or people who could get pregnant to be part of we the people. That concurring opinion from Justice Thomas makes it clear that he does not believe queer people deserve to be part of we the people. Well, what can people do to protect the rights of LGBTQ plus folks in the wake of these threats that are coming from the Supreme Court? We have got to get our Congress to take action. Contact your state legislatures. When these harmful bills are introduced that attack the transgender community, that try to stifle teaching history and conversation and discussion about reality and try to keep, make it illegal to say the word gay, call your state legislatures and speak out about those things. And most importantly, vote. Not voting is one of the reasons we have minority rule in this country, an extreme minority, because people weren't engaged, they didn't vote, and they have allowed our governing bodies and our judiciary to be something that doesn't accurately reflect who we are as a people. And the way we change that and the way we make it stick is by voting in every single election. Well, goodness, thank you so much for just taking the time and being here and and, and reminding us about your powerful story. Well, thank you, Janine. 
right, all right. It's summertime, and it's the time of year that many of you out there are hitting the roads, rails, and the skies for some long overdue vacations. And with all that travel comes plenty of, sorry to say it, unwanted traffic and dreaded delays. It's inevitable and oftentimes out of your control. All you can do is make the best of it, which is exactly what our last story is all about. But I promise, it's still something to make you smile. Stick with me. So a children's orchestra from Nashville was on their way to Europe for a concert tour when their takeoff from New Jersey's Newark airport was delayed. The plane had already taxied from the gate, and so the crew and passengers were stuck sitting on the runway. A flight attendant asked if the group would want to, you know, get a little extra rehearsal time in and treat their fellow travelers to some music and the children happily obliged. Uh, That was just perfect. Nothing like being treated to some great music to pass the time and cure those travel blues, right? Well, thank you all for listening to us once again today. If you were listening while stuck in traffic or just, you know, trying to get somewhere, I hope we made your day a little bit better, too. Well, we will be back again tomorrow for more People Every Day.